The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Herod the Tetrarch heard of all that was done by Jesus, and he was perplexed, because it was said by some that John had been raised from the dead, by some that Elijah had appeared, and by others that one of the old prophets had risen. Herod said, John I beheaded, but who is this about whom I hear such things? And he sought to see him. The Gospel of the Lord. The Gospel today uh, is interesting. It's a short, a short Gospel, and it focuses on uh, the person of Herod in Luke's Gospel. And uh, it takes us somewhat, so this is after John has been killed, as he says, has been beheaded, and it takes us somewhat into the interior of Herod, and we begin to see what happens in the soul of a, a soul that is tormented by its own conscience. And so if you look in the first reading, it's all about the building of the house of God, to build up a house that the Lord may take pleasure in. And so that is obviously the temple that it is referencing, but most especially, it is also the soul that the Lord desires to dwell in, right? And so what can happen is we can build a house, we have a choice in this life, where we can build our house based on our own pleasures, our own desires, the things that we want to do. And this leads into an interior turmoil because when we do that, we are not acting according to our perfection, to what we are called to by our nature and by our creation. And so what happens is when we deviate from what we are called to in terms of that perfection, our conscience cries out against it. And so Saint, uh, Saint, John, uh, Saint Newman, he says that the conscience is the aboriginal vicar of Christ in the soul. And so it is that gift from God that is within us that cries out and disturbs the soul when we are deviating from our perfection, from moving towards God. And then it is also that by which the soul rejoices and, has, and is in peace when we are acting according to the perfection that we are called to in God. And so it is a gift from God that gives us within our own self a particular knowledge to know when we are walking the paths that we should walk in accordance with God's truth and His grace and His love. And when we deviate from that, it can disturb the soul greatly. And so, um, again, when we look at what has happened with regards to Herod and St. John the Baptist, it is interesting because just a, just a history, right? So that Herod had arrested St. John the Baptist and he had put him in the dungeons um, of his fortress. And uh, that uh, fortress, which is called, we know from the uh, Jewish historian Josephus, he writes with some detail about the fortress of Herod. It's called Macaronte, or some of the rabbis would call it the dark fortress, basically just because of everything that took place in there, all of the sinfulness that was always surrounding Herod. And what had happened is Herod had put St. John the Baptist in the dungeons of this fortress, and St. John the Baptist had been there for about maybe 12 months, 
And so St. John's own prayer for himself was truly coming to fruition, right? He had prayed, he said, that I may decrease and that the Lord may increase. And slowly, St. John the Baptist moves into obscurity and the Lord is becoming more and more prominent. And then eventually, St. John the Baptist is killed because Herod, in his vanity, throwing this big celebration for himself and indulging every passion that he has, and then also making the rash promise, we know that he does, uh, to give to Herodias's daughter half of the kingdom if that's what she wants. And she comes back from her mother who has obviously been planning this death of John the Baptist with great detail. And she goes off and the head of John the Baptist is, is cut off. And then what happens is Herod also like Pilate and like the other civil authorities at that point, whenever they do something that they know that they shouldn't be doing, they try to distance themselves from the activity. So Pilate washes his hands as if that's sufficient to say, I don't have responsibility over what's happening here. And Herod also, he gives some lame excuse saying that it's because of the promise or the oath that he made that he has to continue with what he's going to do with John the Baptist. And so you have this weakness of character, this character that seeks its own passions, its own desires, uh, and then is even weak then when it should make a decision that it knows it should make. Uh, Herod, interestingly, he's always very perplexed by St. John the Baptist. He's always caught between remorse for his sin and the desire to be better, but then he always goes and sides with his sin. He, is, he feels the call of the words of St. John the Baptist to be better, to move towards perfection, but he always seems to err on the side of his sin. And the same happens then eventually we know when Christ stands before him, uh, before his passion. And so we can see that this conscience, this gift of God to the sinner, which even though it troubles the soul of the sinner, it's for the purpose that the sinner might then go and look for God, look for that peace of soul, act according uh, to the conscience so that the conscience can be stilled and that the soul can be at peace. And so he's perplexed when he hears of the things that is happening now and that Jesus is doing. And his conscience, you can see, has not left him because you can see he is plagued by the person of St. John the Baptist. And so when he hears of Jesus, he also, if you look at the other gospel accounts, he also thinks it is St. John the Baptist who has come back. And so what St. Uh, John Chrysostom says is that when Herod said, John, I beheaded, He's not just stating a historical fact. He's almost trying to calm his soul down. He's trying to reassure himself that John is dead, that this is not the one who has come back to afflict him. But we can see that he is still interested in Christ. He still desires to go and find him and to see him. And so again, it is the other gift that we can see operating of the conscience, which is not just that it troubles the soul when it is, when it is sinned, but that it is always trying to orient the soul towards the one who is the healer of the soul, which is Christ himself. And unfortunately, we know he does not respond to that grace that is given to the soul, this grace of the conscience that is always calling us to repentance. And so today we pray, especially on this beautiful feast day of St. Padre Pio, this beautiful saint who ministered in confession to people's consciences, right? Realigning those consciences, realigning souls with the grace of God, dispelling sin and reorienting the souls and putting them back at peace and in grace. We pray especially through his intercession
that we will always have a well-informed conscience, that we will always act according to that conscience, and that we will always seek as our final end to act according to God's desires rather than our own. Amen.